Hello and welcome to Take Time Thursday. My name is Stacy Brayoka. I am known as the technology therapist and squirrel wrangler. And today's topic is uh, how we take time for ourselves. Um, and specifically um, around hobbies. So what hobby do you um, love to do? Maybe even if you haven't done it in a long time, um, something that you would like to learn, something you already know how to do. What kind of things do you want to do that you haven't done in a while? Um, I'd love to hear from anybody who's here and I'm uh, just sending out some links here. We've got Matt and Catherine, Toby and Steven. Uh, good to have you guys here. So as the technology therapist and squirrel wrangler, I actually do not just call myself a therapist. I am a geek girl for 40 plus years. Plus I have been a uh, clinical social worker and therapist for 25 and a public health educator for 15. And one of the things I know from that combined experience is that stress in many different ways um, not only impacts our life, but can be mitigated by taking time for ourselves. You know, the whole adage of um, putting your mask on before you put uh, somebody else's on if you're in a, you know, potentially in a plane crash is important in that way is, is you have to take care of yourself first before you can fully take care of anyone else. So, you know, people say, well, you know, but I've got to be a mother, but I've got to be a um, worker, but I've got to be a wife, but I've got to be a husband, but I've got to be a whatever. I've got to be a blank and fill in the blank of the something, some role or responsibility you have. When frankly, what we've got to be is caretakers of ourselves. Um, at, because if you don't take care of yourself first, you are absolutely going to run out of steam and not be able to not, not only not be able to take care of someone else, but you have a much higher risk of becoming sick with um, any number of things. And as we've all lived through the last couple of years, realizing that if your immunity is low, you have even more of a chance of getting, um, you know, transmissible viruses and other things. And so if you don't take care of yourself, you have a big, uh, larger chance of really burning out quickly. Um, and as we've seen from the what they call the great resignation um, is, you know, people leaving their jobs because they're realizing that their other parts of their life may be suffering from that job or that um, obligation. And so we're all rethinking how we, how we take our time. You know, each of us has 168 hours in a week. You guys don't get any more than I do. I don't get any more than anybody else. 168 is all you got. 
and it's how you allocate those to your responsibilities, to your recreation, to yourself, to your sleeping. Um, I have a coaching program called Find Your Formula Coaching, and one of the biggest pieces of the formula is actually sleep, and another one is self-care, because uh, there are four silent S's that are underneath of all of our health problems. And if you want to learn about those, uh, definitely jump in and listen to my episode from last Friday, where I overviewed what the formula is and the different pieces. But sleep and self-care are two of the most important ones. So if you don't allocate enough time to sleep, uh, if you don't have sleep in the right environment, if you don't sleep on schedule, blah, 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 you know, if you don't take the time to sleep and be careful with your sleep, you can be, you, you can get out of balance in your life. So it's in similarly, if you don't take time out of your life to enjoy hobbies, you know, is gardening your thing, um, is cooking your thing or baking or uh, taking care of animals or going for hikes, being out in nature, uh, watching sports or even more being, being a participant in sports activities. Um, are you an arts and crafts person? I am actually sitting here looking at um, a new set of crochet needles as I speak to this or crochet hooks rather um my grandma taught me how to crochet when i was a little girl and i put it aside once in a while and then i bring it back out and uh number one it reminds me of her every time i have yarn in my hand um and number two it gives me something to do with my hands and i uh can listen and take in information better if I'm doing something with my hands, whether it's drawing, doodling, watercoloring, crocheting, um, even, even writing to an extent. Um, college, I think I listened best when I was writing notes, not because I was writing down what they said, but because I was doing something with my hands as they said it. Um, I probably could have done a lot better had I doodled because then I would have had a, a, you know, a product after that. But um, you know, I remember also going to trainings and seeing people knit or crochet or color or various things, and it was stigmatized, um, you know, because people would think, what are they doing? They're not paying attention. They're not whatever. And I guarantee you the people who were doing that probably got even better information out of the sessions we were in than people who, you know, possibly than the other people who didn't do something that they needed to do in order to increase their audio learning ability. Um, now, some people have to straight up focus on the person. I get that. Um, uh, everybody learns differently. And so I'm not degrading any of that. I'm just saying I was one of those that, hey, I do better if I'm doodling or drawing win that. So I'm the one that comes into the room and sets up a big thing of markers in front of my thing and has a, a notebook for notes and another notebook right next to it for doodling in, um, in the midst of whatever training, uh, that I'm in. Um, and then of course I'm more than happy to share my markers and things like that too, because I want others to be able to enjoy that that way. Um, and it, it just, it helped, it helped me 
focus on the audio learning that I was doing. Right now, any one of, of you, and thank you for the 12 people are, who are here, any one of you might be working on a hobby or doing something while you're listening. Um, if you're listening to this on a replay of a podcast, of the Technology Therapist podcast, you might be doing the same thing. You might be walking uh, while you're listening to podcasts. You might be um, doing gardening. You might be working on model cars, um, whatever thing you do. Um, and I'd love to learn what other people have as hobbies. And so what is it you do while you're listening to a podcast or um, what is it you, you know, hobbies that you have that you might still continue or that you've done in the past and you, and you might miss them. Maybe you haven't thought about them in a while. Um, Maybe it's something you want to resurrect or you're like, no, I, I did enough of that one. Like cross stitch is something I did when I was younger. I'm, I just don't feel like bringing it back. It's not, you know, crochet. I did when I was even younger and I bring it back every once in a while. And it's something I think that has meaning for me. It has, um, I like the fact that I can do it and then rip it out and then start again. Um, if I want to, or I can just uh, leave whatever quote unquote error in it and keep going. Um, another hobby of mine is uh, lampwork glass blowing. Those of you who know me may or may not know that about me. Uh, and I have a lampwork glass studio. Right now it's a bit cluttered and I haven't been out there in quite some time. And people have asked me, well, so are you getting rid of your glass studio? And I'm like, oh, hell no. Because I absolutely love the thing and I know that the itch is going to hit me again and I'm going to be out there and I might go f whole hog and full force when I do. I, I don't know. Um, but I know that my intention is still there. Um, I used to do more paper arts and crafts and that just doesn't seem like anything for me anymore. Um, but everybody has, you know, different hobbies. And I would love, um, I guess what I'd like to do is ask, uh, a, somebody who's here in the room of the, uh, 14 people is let me know, you know, jump in the, jump in the hot seat and let's talk about what hobbies you like or what hobbies you might want to try that you haven't tried before. How do you take time for yourself? Um, or how would you like to take time for yourself in the future? Um, so as I'm waiting for somebody to take me up on that offer, um, I'll, I'll keep rambling, but um, I'd love to have somebody jump in the hot seat uh, and talk about hobbies. Um, but my philosophy as not only a therapist and public health educator, but is, you know, we have to take care of ourselves to avoid burnout. And one of the ways, you know, one of the ways we do that is hobbies. But the other thing is just, I call it, when is your next appointment for yourself or with yourself? And if somebody's a client of mine and I ask them, when is your next appointment with yourself? The first time I'm going to let them answer however they're going to answer because they haven't had this lesson yet from me. 
and they may be able to answer the question and they may not. But the second time, if they can't answer it at the drop of a hat, we're going to have a discussion about building self-care time into their life. And so the discussion and the lesson goes kind of like this. We all need to take optimally, you know, this isn't an ideal, ideal world scenario. And um, no, we're not, you know, we're never in an ideal world, but we can get close is you need to take five minutes every hour, even just to stretch, stand up, meditate, breathe, walk around the office. Um, and I'm not just saying, oh, take a break because you need to go get more water or you need to go to the restroom. Because that's biological function. It's not just giving your body back something. Those are like things you have, you know, you have to do. Yes, breathing we have to do in general, but mindful breathing is different. Five minutes every hour. 15 minutes at least once a day, preferably twice a day, one hour to two hours, preferably once a week, if not twice a week, one day, preferably two days or more, once a month, one week or more, once a year. So the formula for self-care is, is fairly easy like that. Five minute, 15 minute. Um, you can do 30 minute ones even. One to two hour sessions, one day and one week. And the lesson continues in that if you take a piece of paper and write down at the top of it uh, a column that is five minutes, the next column is 15 minutes. The next column is um, one to two hours. The next column, one day, one to two days. The next column, one week. And start writing out activities in your life that you enjoy doing that are for just straight up your self-care and you taking time for yourself that you can do in those time frames. So in a five example, in a five minute time frame, you could do five minutes of meditative breathing. You could do that in a 15 minute spot or a 30 minute spot even. So you can list the same activity in more than one column. Um, you can do reading. You know, if you like, if you like reading um, recreationally, recreational books, as opposed to necessarily reading, reading for learning for your job or your business or that kind of thing but reading recreationally or even watching YouTube videos or TikTok videos or whatever you do, you can put those in the five, 15, 30 minute sessions. Um, taking a nap is an, a, an okay form of self-care. Now, and that's if it's over and above the, you know, it's, it's truly self-care when it's not just taking a nap because you are fully exhausted because you haven't taken care of your sleep. So that's the caveat I have on that one. Um, Self-care is not just for going for a spa day anymore. Um, I know a lot of people, the first thing they think of is, oh, I'm going to go shopping or I'm going to go spa day. Those aren't 
always self-care. Um, especially when it's, I'm going to go shopping with my sister because she needs a new blouse. The reason that is not self-care is, is because it's because she needs a new blouse or because I need a new pair of shoes. You're going for the new pair of shoes or the new blouse. You're not going out and doing something because of the self-care. So you have to be careful that, I mean, uh, we're, I, I'm, I'm a big proponent of layering activities, but I also want to be very clear when something is self-care and when it really is not, it's because you got to get it done. Anytime it's because you've got to get it done, it's not necessarily self-care. Now, I, I think maybe some of the time I might say that's okay is maybe when you're talking about, um, I really, really love, like a good friend of mine, she owns a, a gluten-free bakery here in Kansas City. Um, she's actually here on Wisdom too, uh, if you look up Morgana's KC. But she loves baking and she loves cooking for other people. And for her, that is her self-care and her hobby to do that. So and it's really a fine line. That one's a fine line because she's doing it for someone else. She's doing it for her business and she's doing it because she loves doing it. Um, and the only reason you've got to be careful in that regard is because it's when the hobby or the self-care activity becomes something you dread doing at any given time. Even if it just, you dread it one day and the next day you're back to loving it. You've got to be careful about that. Um, especially when it's something you combine what you love with, with what you do for work. Um, if you listen to my show from yesterday, I believe when I was talking to uh, Mary Catherine on what, if not now Wednesday, we talked about your magic trick and bringing together the things you love and to be able to do the things you love for a living. And, you know, the inherent risk in that is you don't want to destroy the very thing you love by making it W-O-R-K. And I think the way you do that is making sure that you are constantly refreshing yourself, that you're constantly taking care of yourself, that you're constantly changing up your game in all of the above, uh, potentially changing uh, changing who you are and what you do all the time, uh, so that it's, it stays fresh so that it doesn't become drudgery and work. Uh, because when it becomes that, then it's no longer self-care. Um, I hope that's making sense for people. I'd love to know if this resonates with you. Um, I have another 15 minutes or so maybe to take somebody up on stage to talk about what your favorite hobby is. What do you do to take care of yourself? Um, I will reintroduce myself as my name is Stacy Brayuka. I am known as the technology therapist and squirrel wrangler. And today is take time Thursday. And our focus is what is your favorite hobby? So um, I've got 23 people in the room and I really appreciate all of you. Anthony, Martin, Selena, Lynn, uh, Lynn Adria, Selena, Michael, Jill, Sharon, Sharon Shannon, uh, Ashton, D, Erica, Davidson, Dale, Darwin, 
I hope I don't mess your name up. Juvie, Juvie, Katie, Amanda, um, Keith, Ram, Matt, Catherine, Toby, and Steven. I really appreciate all of you being here to listen to the, my talk today. Um, I set myself a goal two weeks ago to go live on one, uh, on some how on one or whatever of my social media channels. And then I happened to find wisdom. In fact, it was about two weeks ago, exactly that I found wisdom and started listening myself. Uh, and then on the Sunday started, uh, doing a talk. I decided I wanted to do one every day, Monday through Friday. And I had already, I had already decided on the themes that I wanted to do. I just didn't know that it was going to be on wisdom. Um, I am not restricting myself just to wisdom though. I'm saying if I end up choosing to go on LinkedIn one day, then that's still okay. Um, I think giving ourselves leeway on, um, what we do is important, um, as well as, uh, the uh you know taking time for ourselves so i uh ha have loved the people that i've met so far here in um wisdom welcome mrs red mrs red rose chris bivens i've seen you a couple times and anthony um we're talking about take time thursday about taking time for yourself and um we're also more specifically on hobbies I talked about a couple of different hobbies of mine, um, lamp work, glass blowing, where I made marbles and beads, um, crochet and water, watercolor and Zentangle. Those are kind of some of my favorite hobbies. I also enjoy reading and listening to music. I definitely enjoy going out to listen to live music. Um, one of my family members is a musician and, um, I'm blessed to go and hear them, them they and variety of bands that they're in play um and even during covid they were they've been um online and on facebook for various times and so it's been nice to be able to listen to them play and not have to worry about getting out in the weather or um you know the whole uh covid um clothing routine of uh whether you're gonna wear shorts or whether you're gonna get dressed up uh, we'll just leave that, uh, there, but I'd love to have anybody who's in the audience come up and tell about your favorite hobby. Um, whether it's something that you're pursuing right now and doing, or whether it's something that you miss doing and you'd like to do again, or something that you'd like to learn because you've never done it before. Um, I think, especially in the United States, we push ourselves to go, 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 do, 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 40 plus hours a week. And we don't always incorporate the things, the, the individual activities that we love into our day, into the hours of the day, into our days, into the weeks and, and certainly, you know, into the year, uh, as much as we should. And, um, our health suffers for it, to be quite honest. We, you know, you, we, we, we're not, we're not going to feel as good, you know, uh, if we don't do things that, uh, feed ourselves, uh, in that way. So I, I'd love if anybody is available and wants to, I've got about 15 more minutes.
Uh, Baiju, Adam, Amy, uh, welcome. Um, this, this is probably one of those times that I would love that if Wisdom had a reaction, it even had reaction buttons where people could um, do a thumbs up or a, uh, you know, hit the heart or something. I do have a guest coming up on the stage. Welcome, Miss Amanda. So I, I, I poked and poked enough, huh? So I get somebody to come up here, huh? <laughs> you know, I, I've been where you are and I'm trying to get my littlest one out the door to go pick up the bigger ones. But I thought, you know what, if I were sitting there and I wanted somebody oh. to chat to add, I would, I would really appreciate it regardless of what they're doing. <laughs> so, so here we are. So you're so. juggling stuff. So oh, besides yeah, juggling things as mom and um, uh, let me look at your profile again. Cause I just looked sure. at it. I went at Ed D. Um, so uh, you, do you work actually in education as well? Or I, I did, I would consider myself a recovering professor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel you so much. It's not funny. I, uh, I, I took a break from my last adjunct position starting in March. So yeah, I, yeah, I, gotcha. I, taught, I taught 2019 and when I left, I was so jazzed. I thought, anything I want. Are you kidding? I can do anything I want. So that's what I did. I started doing whatever I wanted to. And it's nice. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a lot of work still, but it's the work I want to do. And I enjoyed teaching. I enjoyed the students. I loved advising. Mm -hmm. I don't like bureaucracy and higher ed is not, oh. not for teens. It's not for teens. <laughs> it's for individuals. And it's isolating and, you know, all the things that I don't like. <laughs> yeah. Even, even uh, I, I had my two adjunct positions. One was at a local university. So it was in-person classes. And the other one was an online was, you know, they, they were online before online was cool. Yeah. And um, I actually stayed with them longest and I, um, you know, I, I, I'm, not against going back to them at, at a given point. Although the bureaucracy part in any, um, in any university is challenging. Yeah. Um. I mean, I think with any organization, mm -hmm. when there's a change in leadership, the, the, the tsunami is tough. Um, but it's particularly in it. higher ed. That's a <laughs> good way to put it. It's very, very risky. It's, um, probably more risky than Vegas in a lot of ways because you don't have any way to, <laughs> yeah. to back yourself up you're none and, and you're yeah. at the mercy of other people's judgments about the value of your work and your merit and mm -hmm. it sucks. And, so. and, and then, and then, uh, one of my other positions was in a university mm -hmm. hospital Oh, yep. Research program. Oh, been there. And yeah, uh, yeah. If you want, you, you know, you want to talk about layers of toxicity. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it looks so beautiful from the outside. Oh, yeah. The ivory towers are gorgeous. Yes. Yeah. But uh, not from the inside. 
Yeah, they're <laughs> totally slimy. Yeah. 100% agree. So when I left, you know, one of the other things that rubs against higher ed is being a mom. And um, not only do I, you know, did I have one during that precious time when you're supposed to be establishing a research agenda and all that, but I had five. <laughs> I and just can't imagine uh, that. Yeah, work. there's no way. There's no I mean, way, but it's also kind of sad because you don't want your your occupation to dictate your family desires. That's right. Anti that too. So anyway, um, when I left, I thought I'm just going to do the things that I love, and one of which was a hobby that started 20 years ago. <laughs> I taught group exercise, so dance based fitness classes. Oh wow. Yoga and just, you know, the fun stuff. I did that to pull back then and really loved it. Energy, it's good for me, you know, all the things. Yeah. So started doing that. And then, of course, the pandemic came along. <laughs> right. And then, right. you know, one of my other desires was to travel. And I had zero experience in the travel industry, but I found a lady who had a successful agency and she said, you know what? That's great. You don't have any bad habits. I'll teach you. <laughs> I was like, yes. Oh, how cool. Uh-huh. So I became a travel agent in April of 2019, which was a fantastic idea until March of 2020. <laughs> right. And the bottom fell out. But you know what? It's been great because it's given me the time to learn everything from uh -huh. the ground up and not the way that it's always been done because nobody is doing it the way that it's always been done. It's almost as if there was a clean slate and a even platform for everybody entering the field based on nobody can do it the same way based on COVID. So isn't, you know, and I, I think that's actually true probably about lots of uh, many different uh, not only professions, but e even, even, um, I mean, you know, it's, it really has impacted all of our life in those ways. Um, I, I attended this morning a formation session on a group. Um, it's not really group therapy. It's group human support and connection, uh, platform this morning and really cool philosophies and people are doing things different than they were doing them. You know, it's, it's cool seeing the innovation that's coming out, I think. Well, I would agree with that completely. And I do think that that's I, one, of the, one of the best things that's happened, if we go back to education in a long time, especially in K-12, for, oh, for a brief moment, all of our teachers could do whatever it took to get the lessons across. In whatever ways necessary, with whatever supports they had, they were creative. They weren't held to the test. I'm sure it was stressful, but it was so beautiful. Oh, you know, I, 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 I not only agree. I think I have a little bit of resentment and anger to the K-12 systems that they had the opportunity to get ready for this technologically. The tech was there. True. The tech's been there for years. 
I mean, the proof is in the fact that, you know, the, the, not just the university I worked for that was university all online, but the multiple universities that were already all, all online programs, the technology for a K-12 to have something in place foundationally was there and they did they just didn't want to do it because they didn't want to change. Right. Well, and and that yeah. and that 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 still angers me. Um especially when they're saying, "Oh, let's get back to normal. Let's get back to normal." Well, guess mm-hmm. you just want to get back to where you didn't have to change. Yeah. Well, and I do think a lot of the teachers embraced much of it, but it was the back and forth. Oh, yeah. And the fact that it was take something that's very very structured and make it completely ambiguous and that's hard on anybody and it's hard on kids oh but the leadership that made the decisions of course were not necessarily the folks who were in the classroom either right so right um you know and i know that it was hard it's been hard for parents to kind of be teachers and parents and work from home and have the kids whatever i mean that i know that's been a huge stressor. Um, you yeah. know, we've had a lot of, of stressors on top of just the stress of, of the pandemic itself. Um, yeah. I think but when I we think, talk about this to our grandkids and great grandkids, it's going to, like, this is equivalent to the life disruption that maybe the Great Depression was. I mean, we, we don't know exactly how we're going to describe it later or even how we survived. <laughs> Right. It'll come out, you know, the proof will be in the pudding for sure. Definitely. Well, tell me what, what, so your, one of your hobbies is uh, dance and that that definitely is, I love that it's, it's, you've combined it into a love of something. You've combined it before into a profession type love of something you're doing. Um, And then it's also a great health behavior. Um, And you're teaching your kids great things with, that and with being an educator. Um, yeah, I think they learned how to count from eight to one before they could count from one to ten. And what I'm <laughs> noticing is that just their exposure has probably helped them with rhythmic pieces and math for sure. I know my oldest is a, a math whiz and um, just some different things like that. But yeah, love that. Did I hear you say you were in Kansas? I'm I'm in uh, Kansas City, so yeah, I'm okay. I'm only I'm only 15 minutes from Kansas proper. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, Where are we you? At? Are, I'm in world. Tennessee. Okay. I'm in Tennessee, just north of Nashville, and grew up in East Tennessee in the mountains, and then moved toward the middle. Our state's kind of unique in that we've got three different distinct geographical regions. You've got the mountains, the plateau, and then whatever happens west. We don't know. Nobody knows what happens past Nashville. But that's what the three stars are for on right. our flag. Um, a good, but, good friend of mine just moved from California to Nashville. And she came through Kansas City on her way. And I have some other friends in Nashville. So, uh, And I've been there before. It's been quite a while. But um, I'm kind of looking forward to post-COVID travel when I'm when I finally feel comfortable traveling of yeah. going to see them and and because it is it's beautiful you've got you've got a beautiful state um and good people good people for the most part yeah i think nashville is is like many cities it's it's 
nobody recognizes it anymore. The little Ryman Auditorium is now in the shadows of these giant skyscrapers and things. And there's a lot of influx of, of various businesses and stuff, which is all good. Mm-hmm. It's all good mm-hmm. for this stuff. But we um, got a small little hobby farm, if I guess that's what you could call it, just north of town. And one of our hobbies, or my hobbies, that kind of translates to everybody, is uh, a large garden, and I, I'm talking about, I think we had almost an acre of garden. Now, you don't need that much garden. I know you can grow a lot in 10 months, oh. but I like to grow stuff, just yeah. whatever. Um, so well, we and there's always garden. people who could, you know, even if it's neighbors and friends and family. Absolutely, uh, and we or, did that, too. I didn't realize it, but we invited people to come pick because I'd rather anybody pick it and eat it than it would go, go bad. But right. um, somebody was sharing with me that that was a, a biblical thing and I, absolutely spiritual in the whole thing, but I would not be able to point that out in the Bible at all. Uh, but I thought, well, that makes it even nicer. That's great. <laughs> and, and I think just sharing our humanity with each other is a spiritual event. In, um, in any religion, uh, you know, not, uh, I, I usually couch things spiritually, uh, mostly because each of our spiritualities is different. Even sure. if, um, even if our religion is the same, our spiritualities are different. Um, but that, you know, feeding others, uh, I know that in my, uh, personal, uh, spirituality, feeding the people is a really important ceremonial event. You know, yeah. yeah, and so, like I, I love the fact that you're feeding, and you're teaching your kids where the where the food's from. Uh, you're teaching them how to take care of themselves uh, without being dependent on something, you know, on on other things like that. Um, I that's they, a huge. I hope they soak up some of these life skills. If nothing else, I hope it just keeps them out of trouble because it's a lot of work. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Well, the, uh, gardening, I, I, I remember snapping peas, uh, actually stealing peas out of the garden and then snapping green beans with my grandparents um, with their it's garden. So you one can't... of the hobbies that I think I want to take on eventually, I'm not sure when, is helping folks do guided life reviews. And it's to capture things just like you just said, like what's one fond memory you have of from childhood that revolves around X, Y, or Z, or that includes this person, or, you know, what did your childhood bedroom look like and that kind of thing. Oh, that's cool. That is an awesome, you know, that by itself could be a show here on Wisdom. I was thinking about that just prior to coming on here and how that might look and that I might do it um, weekly, not weekly. I mean, you could do it every day, but have a particular focus for that week for the Guided Life Review. And then people could go back and visit those each time or anytime Uh they wanted to. Oh, I love that. I'll tell you what, I'm going to follow you because I want to show up and hang out in that audience for sure. Oh, I, I hit, I accidentally unfollowed you because I, I had already followed you. Um, Amanda, thank you so much for stepping up to my pleas for somebody to be on the stage with me. 
Um, I do usually re I repurpose. I like to repurpose my show here into my podcast. Um, and if I have your permission, can I link your, um, your socials? And so that other people, can I link like your Twitter so people can follow you and, uh, and come to the life reviews when you start doing them? I would enjoy that immensely. Thank you. Oh, I, okay. I would love to do that. Well, I am so glad that, to have met another educator, a uh, recovering educator, um, who who is taking care of yourself and others. You're teaching the kids how to take care of themselves. Um, we've got to do more of taking care of ourselves so that we can survive the big things like well, the big thing we've just been through. Um, and, and I think that may have been one of the, I call them gifts from COVID. I think that's one of the gifts it gave it gave us is the realization of needing to take care of ourselves better. I agree. And I, I don't mean just by health. I mean, taking care of our mental health. Absolutely. And our social health. Sort of stripping away those layers of things that we use to, to mask and stay busy and figuring out what it would take to shift from ambition to meaning a little quicker is uh-huh. one of those things that I'm, happy to think about. I'm not sure if everybody's thinking about it, but. Well, and maybe take those of us who are thinking of it to help guide everybody else to get there. True. You know, and and I see wisdom as a cool platform in number one in that. Um, uh, That's personally been the way I've, you know, stepped up and used the stage Um, is I, I think just human connection. We know that um, you know, it, we've, we've, we're not connecting the same way we did before, but actually maybe we're going to connect better ultimately. Yeah. I love that. Even if you have a loose agenda coming to this platform, the openness and the spontaneity from, from the interactions keeps you honest. Where mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. Don't it keeps you authentic. have that. It keeps you authentic. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and uh, I mean, that actually kind of goes for, um, you know, I, I hit, I, I decided to hit the mic every day, Monday through Friday. I gave uh-huh. myself a specific topic each day, but I've also kind of like waited until I literally hit the mic to find out what I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I which is kind of hard because, you know, I'm one of those who usually it's, okay, we need to plan the lecture and we need to plan what the homework is with it. And we need to plan the, the slides and we need to be you know, that whole, uh, you know, uh, and so going off the cuff is not always been my thing. Um, I'm better when I do. I, I do know that I come up with some of the, I, I come up with the, some creative stuff that I never even would think of. Um, and, and to be able to record it and have it uh, to go back and listen to again or to share with others again. I love the fact that we're able to do that over here, too. Um, I do, too. I do, too. You're right, though. We think about objectives first and then strategies to meet those objectives. And you can start with some loose objectives, but it's very adult education friendly in that we can be 
collaborators in the learning and it's cooperative and, and it's a beautiful thing and if you do any research around adult education theory i i know there's some stuff here <laughs> uh-huh. i don't know what it is yet i was i do think that i want to write about that eventually but well and what i love about being recover, a recovering educator is that we can write about it and we can use our backgrounds in uh, solid scientific research methods, but we also don't have to be held to the rigorous um, bureaucratic stuff that we can just use. We can use those, but then also be free to like be human. Is that, does that resonate? (laughs) It absolutely does. I mean, you don't necessarily need an IRB to, to tell us that it's okay to speak with consenting adults. Right. To, to even synthesize themes based on your lens and your view and your oh, experience. Now you're yeah. speaking my language. Qualitative is my jam. Oh, mine too. Oh, can we be best? <laughs> All right. Oh, we've definitely God. got, we definitely have to talk. I have a feeling we've got some shared, uh, I would love, in fact, I'd love to totally love to chat with you. Um, I'm going to ask everybody on every, all the 62 people who are listening, uh, please look up my app on the app store. If you just look up technology therapist, um, I have an app on the app store. It's on Google play and on Apple. And my podcast is in there also. So you can get to the podcast. You can find out about the formula that I have for my coaching program, but more importantly, you can, um, connect with me and send me messages or schedule with me to, to do a zoom call and hang out. So I would totally love to get to know you more, Amanda, and see, uh, maybe there's some trouble we can get into, you know, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. Nothing else. will take a cruise when you're ready. And hang Oh, out. I'm a, I, I, <laughs> I was supposed to be leaving here in about two weeks to go on the marketers cruise. And I decided because of COVID to stay home this time, so I'm booked in 2023, January 2023, for the Marketers Cruise. But I'm not opposed to booking and doing something before that as well. So, <laughs> right. Very good. So uh, thank you again for joining me. Um, thank everybody else. Uh, just by way of closing up the show, my name is Stacy Brayuka. I am a technology therapist and squirrel wrangler. I am a, a clinical social, social worker by profession, a public health educator by profession, and a girl by life love. And I bring all three of those things together in my Find Your Formula coaching program that helps uh, business leaders and others balance their work home, work life balance so that they can do more of what they love and um, be healthier doing it. So I have uh, really appreciated having Amanda with me today and I will find her information and um, put the link to that in my show notes. As a matter of fact, one last question to Amanda, if you can private message me somehow your email address, I will send you a link when the show goes live on the podcast so that you'll have um, the, the link to that. So I appreciate almost 70 people now coming in here and it's been take time Thursday. What is your favorite hobby? And tomorrow is find your formula Friday. So I'm going to take one piece of the formula and we're going to dig deep in it. And I uh, hope to see you there. So have a great, great rest of your Thursday and remember to take time for yourself.